speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jackson McDonald, and with me, finally, Goontag. Elliott. Arrivederci. Wait, how do you say hello? And Buongiorno. Well, no, it's the nighttime. We're recording at 8 p.m. on Thursday, February 16th. Yes. Buonasera is good evening. It's Negroni time. That's Italian. It's Negroni time. That's an Italian thing. Yes. Yeah. We we did Aperol spritz the whole time. That that's what the uh the northern mm. Italians. Which one is that again? I I have had that before. Have you had Aperol before? Yep. It's just Aperol with uh wait, Elliot. Fuck. <laughs> wait, I'm the cocktail guy. I should know this. With uh with with club soda? Yeah, with uh with the fizzy hold on. uh yeah, splash of club. Oh, with prosecco. It's supposed to be with prosecco. Ah, okay. And oh, then yeah. a bit of club soda to take it to the top. Oh, that sounds box. nice. But, yeah. Yeah. And I it's extremely uh, Honestly, I missed the name of the drink. I was hoping to reverse engineer what the name of the drink was from what you said was in it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh well spritz to me like spritz isn't obvious to me. But anyways, yeah, Aperol spritz is a big is a big move. Um I'm and Elliot's here. Say yes, hi sir. Elliot. Say hello to class. Did yeah. you bring enough snacks, et cetera? <laughs> Probably not. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. One time I really did bring enough snacks for the whole class because <laughs> I got mad about having my, it was gum, actually. And I had my <laughs> gum taken away. And they were like, oh, do you have enough for the rest of the class? And I was like, fuck. And I had to give my gum away. And then the next day I was like, okay, 32 pieces of gum. Going <laughs> to make Chris, sure I have it. Was Faber in that class? Um, maybe you'd have to, uh, oh man, was Faber in that class? Maybe you'd have to ask him if he remembers, then yes. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently, uh, Quads's girlfriend makes cookie cake. Nice. I listened to this <laughs> in the show. This is a callback to the old, uh, Jeff Patterson, Jason Botchford. Yes. Cookie cake. This is for five people. I saw the somebody, show is for five yeah. people. That's yes, why we're the show here. Yeah, it's for five. Um, somebody, <laughs> I saw somebody uh tried to Photoshop J Pat's face on the darn picture of Bruce. Oh, Pedro. when he when he said to kill a fucking penalty. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. And he says he goes like yeah fuck and then it the gif goes like darn or whatever right. Um, mm-hmm. and somebody tried to, somebody tried to, but it was like the worst Photoshop you've ever seen in your life. And not like <laughs> in a good, like not in a funny or good way. No, yeah. like, like bad photoshops. Like, yeah, no, just like the worst Photoshop you've ever seen in your life. And J Pat was just like, just responded with like, this is just a horrible fail. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wyatt was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And it was just like. <laughs> Uh, it was on the one hand very funny, but then on the other hand, like kind of sad also. <laughs> poor, the poor mixing of Reddit Canucks and mm-hmm. Twitter Canucks. It's oh, not a man. good mixture. It's really like not, you. You yeah. ever peek it's in like there? A it's a deeper problem than people think. 
yeah 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 obviously doesn't matter but oh it's so so true i don't want to hang out with those guys i don't want to hang out with the connects twitter either no i hate you all but fair enough but (laughs) i know which is like worse though yes like by far like one has way better memes not that that matters at all but yeah I am. Uh, well, where did Shap? Right. Where Shap? Tell, where did Shap yeah. happen? What, what was all that? Yeah, that's Twitter. Twitter. Twitter thing. That's Twitter for sure. Yeah. That's Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I joined this podcast because I wanted to find a way to ask questions about stuff I've missed. Which, yes. I guess. Which is what we have been doing. And um, and I mean, good. You know, this is going to be the ultimate episode for that, given that you left for Europe, like. Two, two days ago. before Bruce Boudreaux got fired, and then... oh, longer than that. No, no, no it was like a couple weeks, a, I guess. Right? He, yeah, like three, three weeks. weeks I thought I was going to be back in time to save his day. That in the span that you were gone, they fired Bruce Boudreaux. They hired Rick Tockett. They hired the coach that I hate the most. <laughs> I'll get into a bit more of that. Okay, more. yeah. They traded okay. Bo Horvat. Uh, they put Spencer Martin on waivers. Archer Seelovs started oh no you've been back since that happened but still uh still, still. like since we last record <laughs> recorded with you right mm-hmm. and yeah. then there's like other stuff in there too that i'm forgetting about probably yeah you had a podcast with rachel dory oh yeah right. yeah <laughs> which i <laughs> i was very terrified about because <laughs> i was i didn't i i just i didn't know where it was gonna go mm-hmm. i thought look She's she seems she's like she I mean she sounded great. That was one of our best episodes. Yeah, she wrote. But I, I just didn't great. want to get mixed up in in the human rights complaint. I just didn't sure. know yeah, what you I were mean, gonna ask. Yeah. And like she has every right to talk about what she wants to talk about. I was just like, hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are we gonna get in trouble for anything? <laughs> I mean, if it was happening to any other podcast, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna listen to that. For yeah, this one, for sure. like, oh yeah. What is Jackson gonna ask her? <laughs> The best part of, um, uh, but it was that awesome. That was like one of my favorite listens too. For year. me, was uh, was just finding, getting to hear her say that she would listen to the show in her office. It's that was see? crazy. That was really fun. <laughs> That's really that funny. Was, yeah, that was what I I immediately video recorded that so I could send it to my friends. I I am also, also full now... full disclosure, Rachel. You seem you seem amazing. This was oh, yeah. more. I was worried about what Jackson was gonna do. Of course, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Like, <laughs> no, I trust. No, I trust. I trust Jackson. Um, uh, what, what was I gonna say? Uh, it was just the closest that we've been to. Like, oh yeah, it was kind of like the dog catching the car. It was exactly. That, that was exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it really about. did feel like it's that. Like, yes, and it's like. Find like going on vacation, finding out <laughs> from your dog sitter that the dog said got caught the car. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know. I was no, just gonna was say, uh, ever since she told me that, I've been picturing. Uh, I've I've just been picturing like Reese in in uh, like uh, scouting meetings, like you know, drops his phone on the podcast, just like starts playing, <laughs> just like <laughs> having to embarrassingly like to hit, just like smash the volume down button or whatever. Like I have had to do with certain podcasts in my life. Yeah, that or, will remain nameless. Where already the thing where you're like. You mix up the Bluetooth settings. Yes, I've done that. At you, my you like play. So you, you, you like think oh, you can man. play it from the bathroom on your AirPods, but it actually plays <laughs> through the Bluetooth speaker computer. in the kitchen. In yeah. my case, yeah, yep. yeah, no. Um, 
So yeah, uh, you you missed a lot of stuff. One thing that I definitely want to start with, um, because as far as our listeners are concerned, I would say this is the biggest piece of news. Um, I guess depending on how you look at it, but I am currently watching right now what I consider to be the highest stakes game for the Canucks in the NHL right now, which is uh, it is currently the second period of a zero zero tie between the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks. Uh-huh. And if the Sharks win tonight, they will pass Vancouver in the standings and Vancouver will be in sole okay. possession of 28th in the league because they have been the oh, worst shit, team worse. in the NHL since Christmas. Since Christmas. Yeah. Holy. All right. I got to look. Okay. Okay. That's, that that's is awesome. not at all what I, I thought they were. I, th- I thought that we were in like 24th or something. No. Bo- bottom, bottom four is a real possibility. And I'm actually kind of sad that it took me this long to, we just haven't had the chance to talk about it, but like wow, 28th. I, I was looking at the uh, schedule. No, we're going to be few... 29th if they win. Oh, really? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I forgot how math works. That's uh, okay. I forgot that there's no you can't be zeroeth in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Twenty nine. The but, nerds but, have not gotten that far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fourth worst in the league was. was uh, I, I mean, was yesterday when I was listening to a broadcast yeah. and I heard that the Canucks were twenty one in twenty nine, mm-hmm. I was I was like, how did we win twenty one games? I don't remember us winning that many games. <laughs> that seems yeah. like a lot at this point, halfway through, uh, just over halfway through the season. It is wild that, like, uh, JPAT, I think it was, uh, posted Canucks defenseman, like, goal differential at even strength, okay. right? And, um, and it was like, if you look at the top three, uh, Hughes, Bear, Shen, Right. Hughes is at 58 and then Bear and Shen are both at 50. Um, And it's like, that's good. That's pretty good, especially mm-hmm. at even strength. And like Vancouver is a team with a good power play. You kind of expect them like, uh, you know, if if they were going to make the playoffs this year or like even get close, you would say like, oh, it's because they're like a 50 50 team at even strength. So that's a pretty good power play. Um, And then like. Elias Pettersson is 10th in scoring or something or 11th in scoring. He is killing it. Um, Andre Kuzmenko, uh, you know, in spite of like some of the drama uh, that's happened over the last few games, like playing basically as well as anyone could have hoped when they signed him. 29th in the league. Like imagine if Elias Pettersson got hurt. Mm-hmm. They could be last in the league. That's how bad they've been. And I mean, I I think that's great. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, great for us. I, I saw I saw another stat today. Yeah. Uh, it was a Reddit post um, posting a money puck chart mm-hmm. about the top 30 offensive lines sorted by. Now, pardon me. I don't actually know what the stat means, but I'm sure. going to assume it's something bad. XGF percentage. Yes. So expected goals for percentage. That's right. Yes. But but it is but it also indicates like how it was actually borne out, I'm pretty sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh top 30 lines. Can, there's no Canuck line on there. There's two Ottawa lines. No, there's three Ottawa lines on here. Wow. 
Hmm. Like we're worse than the Kings at 29th with more Dano and Arvidsson. Like that's amazing to, to me. To me, that not even a Pedersen Miller. I don't even know who the lines are anymore. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, it's some a new of coach that is probably that there's been so much line juggling, but like, yeah, that's crazy. That like, based on the based on that stat, anyways, like the Canucks do not have an NHL caliber first line. Which, which, I mean, you took you look to last year. We did. We, we. Yeah. There was a stretch there where we arguably had one of the top five lines in hockey. It just underneath it, it was the yeah. opposite of the iceberg, uh, you know, photo where there's nothing mm-hmm. under, actually underneath it. There's nothing yeah, totally. way, uh, giving it any depth to it. Yeah, uh, I, I, all good news though. I think so. I mean, like, I, especially when you consider that they have, you know, they have this. Um, this Islanders pick as well that, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, like there's a, there's a chance maybe that over the next two years, even if nothing else really changes, like they could have three chances at winning a lottery depending mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, that would require the Islanders pick to roll over to next year, but still yeah we're gonna go through the 2016 to 2019 era with a new management group which we probably we, we probably wished for oh god uh, yeah just in slightly better conditions i, I mean, guess one thing i'm curious about that i haven't sure. been able to understand because like look i had twitter i yeah. i looked i i caught up with i mean there's huge news going on i, I obviously love reading the transaction news i never watched sure. any games while i was gone but what i'm curious about is what did we learn about what this management group wants to do and what their vision is. Cause we, we, by the, when I left the worry was they're no different. Yeah. Exact, sure. exact, exact same management philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, which just meant it was the same ownership philosophy in that nothing changed, but some big things have happened lately, not just the coach, but also Horvat. And sure. I'm really curious what i like i want to hear what the experts have to say which to me are you two uh, <laughs> okay what's the yeah. biggest thing we learned about the about management over like since you left or what what have you generally what have we learned like yeah is that is that proposition i was true? just gonna say like the single biggest thing that i've learned is that they're full of shit okay like that's the biggest yeah. the 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 most important thing that i've learned from listening to them talk and then seeing what they do is that they lie all the time. Mm. Um, and, and like, that is not, I, I remember, I remember re- having like an argument with, with a, with a fairly like prominent media person about this fairly recently about like, you know, basically uh, it was after uh, the, I think it was after, Oh yeah. It was when Rutherford said, my problem is that I'm too honest and too sexually attractive and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, I'm too sexy for this rebuild. Exactly. Uh, And people basically, there was somebody who said, Oh, you know, everybody complains that like uh, the Canucks management isn't honest and then they are, and then everyone gets mad or whatever. And um, my reaction to that was like, 
people complain that the Canucks management is too honest. I don't think anyone, I think when Jim Benning was the general manager, people were often saying things like, you know, you're allowed to lie. <laughs> you're allowed to <laughs> not get fined for tampering because you say you want <laughs> yeah, to trade too PK Subban. <laughs> like, like Jim Benning was too honest. Like, yep. So, like uh, several i think there were there were several examples that i won't get into but you know I, I, mean, I mean one fun thing about the rachel dury episode is she confirmed that there was that forum that the oh yeah. <laughs> yeah did you catch that part yes yeah yeah that was that yeah. was funny um i didn't really think about that at the time when i was talking to her but you're right yeah fair enough um yeah. i think we like, all just assumed it was true by that point oh yeah i definitely <laughs> yeah you know, um but uh, you know i was i was sort of puzzled because i was like no like i don't care lie as much as you want like especially if it's going to give you a competitive advantage definitely lie right like definitely don't just come out and say like uh you know I, if this is what happened and i don't necessarily think it was what happened quite but like if jim, jim rutherford came out and was like oh yeah we're looking for like uh you know 25 year old uh garbage <laughs> as our return for Bo Horvat or whatever <laughs> just as like a misdirection just as what like girls a, on tinder are looking for too huh like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh you know just just being like oh yeah that's uh I'm just gonna say we want that because I'm not giving anything away I'm not fucking like yeah I'm playing it close yeah. to the chest you're, or whatever you're, you're covering the cards yeah, yeah. fine good for you you're good cards. I have no problem with that right um but I, I think what happens is I think now I I, I don't want to say this with any certainty um, because it's complicated <coughs> and like we still don't really know. We still don't really have any answers. I will say um, one thing that I've been um, like trying to get more information on uh, over like the past season uh or so like talking to people just you know people who w wouldn't want to ever talk about it in public but um you know like i know a lot of people by this point like i will just say francesco aquilini is as involved in hockey ops as you think he is maybe even more based on everyone i've talked to including so um, rachel i'm <clears throat> i, I mean, am not yeah. in those circles with you but for me that got confirmed just even by rachel i mean yeah like it was certainly something she alluded to like that he is involved in hockey ops decisions that's all you really need to know uh that's all that really like um i think i feel like privileged to say um because I don't want to get like I don't I don't want to get too specific and I don't want any of that to like trace back to anyone who could potentially get in shit for it. Um, you know, especially when we've seen especially like with what we've seen with just like media people uh getting like, you know, like Sakaris and Price getting fucking barred from going to practices just because they're like mean or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um like uh like J Pat's not allowed to go to practices anymore, like they won't what? uh Sakaris and Price. Oh yeah, this happened forever. Oh, yeah. Um I didn't but, know uh, that. Oh yeah. I knew no. I just knew I just remember he got into a fight with Travis Green or something or like Travis Green. 
I don't yeah. know, had a stern meeting with him. I didn't I had no idea. Yeah, no, he's like not allowed to go anymore. So like that, that's Jeez. what I mean. So I'm not I'm not gonna be specific because I don't I don't want someone to find out that or yeah. I don't want somebody to be like, oh well he could have he could have only heard that from Farhan Lalji, my close personal friend. Um, who I speak to all the time. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's me. I text Jackson using the fake number, and he thinks it's for analogy. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. Facetimed once too. He didn't even. He didn't even <laughs> it's just you. You take off your glasses and speak in a deep, deeper voice. Deep, like, deeper hey. voice. we wearing a BC Lions jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, so he is involved in hockey ops decisions. It's very stupid. Uh, we all know this by this point. I think nobody's like surprised to hear that. I'm not, I'm, this isn't a scoop. Like people know this, but I'm just here to tell you like. People know pe- this, but there's a few people that don't accept it. Or they just don't like, mm. it's like one of those things that no one, uh, it's the, it's the elephant in the room that Rick Tockett would say you have to eat one bite at a time or whatever. Um, Except in this case, there is actually just like a huge guy who's yes. very bloated who is in the room. It, all the time. Yeah. Um, time. And and so with that in mind, um, I think a lot of stuff that gets said in uh, press conferences and stuff is specifically directed at him. And I kind of get the sense now mm. after seeing a few things that have happened um, that like, you know, I know they get overwritten on stuff like for sure. I know that there's stuff that they would like to do that they can't because the owner won't let them. Um, but I I feel at this point that that explains a large chunk of the stupid things that they do mm. now. Then. You look Isn't at this then the you same look... thing that happened with okay. I know I'm this okay. I'm, no, please, yeah. I'm bringing up like uh, back when what you said about the the press conference being used is actually like a, a tool of dialogue for yes. management to speak mm-hmm. to ownership. Yeah. That literally happened with Donald Trump when he was president. Yes, like people would staffers would go on Fox News because they knew that he would watch Fox News. Yes, to exactly. Try to yeah. talk to him, and yes, it's it's. It's very funny how real estate magnates who are very rich, um, <laughs> like this. This isn't like trying to do a like a libs of whatever no. twenty eighteen era joke, but like yeah, that there is a very clear similarity to that type of guy. I know everybody is trying to find parallels oh, no. between Trump and some fascist leaders. Like no, this is just what happens when like a local mega developer. Yeah, gets even more yes men around them. And in more fairness, power. like Francesco Aquilini has way more in common with Trump than like the vast majority of public figures. Yeah, like yeah, like he's got more in common with with Trump than almost every politician. Yeah, right? absolutely. So like, yeah. so I, I I do think that's, it's that's why everybody had trouble trying to describe what was happening. Everybody wrote every type of book possible. Yeah, exactly for. For that one but sorry except yeah, for on. how to succeed in real estate which would have That's been right. a more yeah so uh, anyways the point that I'm, I'm getting at here is that like i do think that now after seeing them uh do enough press conferences and stuff that they there is, are instances anyways where they say something because it's going to appease the owner and then their intention is to do something else um and i think the bo right. horvat trade is a very clear example of that. And I'm, I'm interested to kind of talk to you about it because like that was probably the biggest thing that happened while you were gone. That and Bruce getting fired, which I also wouldn't mind hearing from you about, but like the Bo Horvat trade, right? So they talked a big game about like prospects and like 
uh, wanting players who could help them now. And, um, you know, they said uh, everything they could to piss us off. Absolutely. Alvin goes out and, um, and he, he says, well, you know, they get the return and, and he says, we got three first rounders, which is an insane, stupid Jim Benning ass thing to say. But then this interview with Don Waddell comes out, who's the uh, general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh Basically, I, I don't know if it was in the interview itself, like the interview piece, or if it was in this Sean Gentile piece where like the athletic does this weird thing where they publish an interview and then they publish another article where a guy explains the interview. Um, it's a really good way to double dip on content. So I'll give them that yeah. much, especially for people who are paying smart. Um Point just write games. the same article twice. Like, you know, someone on this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If they're going to write the same article twice, then we can all use the same well, exactly. account to read it. <laughs> but, um, so Don Waddell uh, taught in the, one of these fucking things. I'm repeating a thing I heard from Drance. That's, let's just get that out on the table. So this is Drance said a thing based on an article he read, and I am now paraphrasing what he said based on the thing that he read so that's what's happening here we're all uh, basically to what we saw in the news it's yeah okay. exactly uh don don waddell says we gave you the rachel dory episode now you hear us now yeah exactly he says he talks about pursuing bo horvat right and yeah. what he said is basically yeah we tried to get bo horvat but we couldn't get bo horvat because patrick alvian was really keyed in on trying to get the best possible first round pick in the deal Interesting. That's, that's what he said. He was like, our pick was going to be, you know, like Carolina could win the cup this year for sure. They could win the cup this year. Like they're not, you know, maybe the, they're not like the number one contender right now, but they are one that's of the best awesome. teams in the league. They're currently yeah. sitting in that enviable spot of team that people have picked to win the cup for enough years that, I mean, Hey, it could actually happen now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're where Colorado was last yeah. year kind of so yeah, like, like you can't rule them out but you don't know if it's gonna be this year they're paying they're they're sleeping on them now they're yeah, also exactly like the, yeah. uh caps yeah exactly they their oh, their yeah. pick could be in the it could be in the 30s right um their first rounder so so don waddell was like yeah they just weren't that interested because we we couldn't give up a premium first the way like the islanders could right and so that that tells me two things. One, it tells me that they have been doing some serious bullshit when they've talked about this trade for the last like several weeks, both before and after. Uh, and two, it tells me that if nothing else, like the process was what I hoped it was, which is that they took this trade because they figured like this is the we're not going to find a higher upside asset than a pick from a team that could potentially fall out of it. Um, so like basically the way they're looking at it is we could either get like a top 15 pick from, or top like 16 pick, 16, 17 pick, uh, from a team in a really deep draft this year or a moonshot chance at a lottery pick next year. And I think that's fantastic. And the reason I think that's fantastic is exactly the same reason why I hated the JT Miller trade. Like that chance minuscule as it is, is something you always want to be on the right side of. Like mm -hmm. you always want to be the team acquiring the pick 
that has a minuscule chance at being a first overall pick. And you never want to be the team that is trading away the pick that has a minuscule chance of being the first overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I did want to ask you Vias, like, how did you react when you heard the news about, about Bo? Because we'd heard, because I heard so much, I just talk about moving somebody, uh, various people getting benched or whatever. And like, there, there was enough talk about the need to do something like a shoe had to drop. If yeah. It was any other team. Uh, and I think I guess I treated it like it was any other team, like because I was so far away. Also, mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, obviously you had to do that," and I didn't pay much attention to it. It was it didn't really like dawn on me until I watched my first game after that, where I was like, "Holy shit, Warhammer's not on this team." That was weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that was weird. That is the weirdest change to this team that I've experienced since the Sedins were gone. But even when the Sedins were gone, Patterson blew up in his first year. And the so Sidians like... weren't somewhere else. They just retired. Yeah. 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 It's it's just weird. I think Horvat is the first player I ever met also in person. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the enough. first player I confidently met because the first time I met Canucks, it was like 2012 at a practice. Sure. And I took the photo of Burroughs and my friends, and I said, Mr. Burroughs, can we get a photo of you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Burroughs was shaking in my boots. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, but this time around, or like uh, Horvat's first year with the Canucks, I like ran into him in a parking lot at Doug Mitchell when I was on my way to go see a practice. And and I was like, this guy's the same height as me. I, I want to take a photo with him. He's a rookie. He's like yeah. barely younger than me. And so I don't know. I, I, I have a bit of an attachment to him, but um for for i think my real feeling was that was just that finally they did something yeah they were between a rock and a hard place and they they actually reacted it's, it was like watching a raccoon get cornered like cornering itself constantly it's like hey, you gotta fucking do something and so there's a relief that they had done something I yeah was, totally. i was just happy they had done something and recognized uh the position that they were in and that ownership had put themselves in did you have um, any kind of opinion on the return or were you just like, I don't know what any of this is. I'll have to talk to someone. I assume we're getting fleeced by Lamorello every single time. Sure. But it, seemed, it just it just seems like the best thing that they could do. Let's just say here. that the last time Lou Lamorello made a trade involving Bo Horvat, though, the Canucks made out pretty that's, good. You're, yeah, Absolutely. fair enough. So, although yeah. in the grand scheme of things, he, he did get taken both. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, you <laughs> but, wait long uh, enough. No, I I I didn't have much of an opinion on on the return for a while. I was, well, I was just glad they had a first, but yeah. I, it confused me uh, whether that first was going to be worth it. Uh, I just assumed that that something went wrong in it, but I was just glad that we had made a decision about what to do with Horvat. I mean, yeah. this had kind yeah. of been made for the Canucks regardless. Yeah, that is true. And signed. it's very funny that, like, he essentially just signed the Miller, like, he, he signed, like, the Miller Plus extension, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. uh, obviously, I think it's one more year and 500K more, but, like, and yeah. it's it's one of those, those clear examples of, um, you know, now, like, it, it feels so long ago now and there's been so many of them, but like the, the obvious example is the, the Flintstone phone moment where uh, 
the Canucks let Toffoli, Markstrom, Stetcher, and Tanev all walk in the same summer, right? And, like, those deals, some of those deals, like the Toffoli deal, it's extremely stupid that they didn't just retain Toffoli. But, like, you yeah. know, Markstrom Markstrom and Tanev are the, the, the ones where it's, like, I think we can safely say by this point, like, Markstrom, right call, good decision. Glad they didn't do that. But Chris Tanev, um, like, I think he's hurt right fault. now. And, you know, I mean, like, he would still be, he would be their second best defenseman, <laughs> right? Easy. Like, and we and he has no been. Top, we have no top four defensemen after Hughes. Yeah. So. There's years and then we have bottom six defensemen. And, and in, in the, um, you know, in it, when you like add Bo to that group of players, it's one of those things where it's like, look, most of these deals, or at least a lot of these deals, are bad deals. And they were unwise probably for a lot of teams to sign, or at least like on the line, or you could even argue like with the Tanev deal, I think you could easily argue that like, it was actually the right decision for the Canucks to not sign that deal, but it's just, there were so many other bad decisions that preceded it. And um, that like, it should have been basically like if the Canucks had, had done even one thing right up until that point, they would have been justified in re-signing Tanev. And it was only how shitty they were and how far away they were that it even was like, a discussion that it was worth it to let him walk or whatever. And so anyways, this is a long winded way. Like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. It's it's just, this is a long winded way of saying that like Horvat Tanev, uh, you know, like a lot of these, these guys that have, that have walked away over the past few years, Edler, which I know wasn't their fault, but really, I mean, it was their fault, but like it wasn't completely their fault. Um, You know, it's like, should they be on the team? Was it wise of the team to let them go? Okay, yeah, maybe. But also, if you look, if you compare each of those guys against another guy that they went out and signed or traded for or whatever, it's like, how could you pick this group of guys over that group of guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're going to sign one of Bo Horvat or JT Miller to a completely stupid, as Lou Lamorello said, it's, it's way too long and way too much money. Right. (laughs) If you're gonna like re-sign Chris Tanev versus trade for Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, if you're gonna like, you know, extend Andre Kuzmenko to five and a half and, and like not re-sign Tyler to Foley. These are all like, you know, counter examples or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, are the deals bad? Like, yeah, okay, some of the deals are bad, but they're they would be infinitely better bad deals than the bad deals that they signed. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, my real reaction to all this was what I went back. Yes, shark last... scored. Motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I went. I I remember the trade deadline. I think it was 2013. Where I was, I jumped out of class early, parked in my car, uh, hoping a meter meter attendant uh, wouldn't wouldn't show up uh, near the UBC geography building. Trade deadline, listening to Rintoul or whoever the fuck, mm-hmm. and praying with the last ten minutes that we trade either Sam Weiss or Verbata. 
just praying. Yes. Like, yeah. Please let, oh, let us here. trade somebody for an asset. Please, God. Yep. It never happened. And then every year after that, almost every year after that, the same, the same false hope being put out. Like, please just, just get something for these guys. Don't let them up for free. And so for me, watching Horvath get traded for a pick was so cathartic. It, it was like I didn't even think about what the return was. I didn't even think about uh, who Horvat meant to the Canucks, what, what Horvat meant to the Canucks, and what the downstream effects of that are going to be, and watching mm-hmm. him in another jersey. It was just thank fucking God. I cannot believe it. T- not even thank fucking God. I cannot believe it took this long to get to see a deal like this happen. That should be what every GM is required to do. With yeah, at least one of their assets yes. each year. Yeah, even, it is. Even when you brought up Markstrom, like I think a competent GM would have actually just pumped Demko up that year, uh, like or given given yep. them more games so that they had a so they had that option to really trade Markstrom. Yep, like that's that year. I that's the real thing. Not trading Markstrom, but they should have seen that coming yeah, up ahead. Exactly. Every time like you see that one year left on anybody's contract. That's how. That's how you. That's how you go from being a B level GM to be a cup winning GM. Yeah. The it, the, it the real like mistake, right? Like it's it's the mistake isn't oh, you signed JT Miller instead of Bo Horvat. It's you didn't trade JT Miller. And it's the same thing with uh with uh with Chris Tanov and Jacob Markstrom. It's like it's not that you didn't sign them, it's that you also didn't trade them. Yeah. And yes. so now you now in it's like not only do you not have the good player who would be oh I mean I know things have not worked out with Markstrom but like with Tanev as an example it's like like art look me in the eye and tell me there was that the Canucks never had an opportunity to get a first round pick for Chris Tanev a first you round can't for each one of those players. Or they, an early second. My God, it is so tempting. Like I know, right I know it, it. It. It's like after a certain point, they wouldn't even need to make all these trades. But it's so tempting to just like talk yourself. Like when you're looking back and you can just like make stuff up, just invent a an alternate history. Like it's so tempting to think of of like okay, uh, you know, they don't look for like garbage. Uh, age gap trades or whatever and it's like they could like just talking yourself into like they probably could have if they had done it right if they had timed it right like they probably could have gotten a first for dan hamuse they probably could have gotten mm-hmm. a first for radam verbata they probably could have gotten a first for alex edler they probably could have gotten a first for chris tanev maybe they could have gotten uh like maybe not a first for jacob markstrom but like a really good package for jacob markstrom like it's it's all those picks under Jack at the time as well. I know, I know. Who, by the way, the Minnesota Wild, like the Athletic, just uh, voted them as having the best prospect pool in the league. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, funny how that funny. is. Yeah, that's funny. That's unrelated to the Canucks, I'm sure. Yeah, completely. Uh, oh also, God. okay. So, what I if- hope Brock goes there and lights it up. Oh, me too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Do, do you guys well, think... Surrounded by a wonderful prospect, he becomes the captain, leads the wild to victory. Uh, someone reported today that that uh, the Canucks are willing to retain on Brock. So do you think he's going to get traded? I will I will ask both <laughs> of you this question. Ellie, you got any thoughts? If they're willing to retain, they might actually do it. 
Okay. So yeah. was this the big sticking point up until like this is surprising for you to hear? Right. Brock now? is but... super overpaid. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's um, he making? Four or five? Seven six? plus? Six. Seven. No, no, Shit. he's making like six, seven or something. Um, six, seven. Okay. Oh, let me see because they because they do, look at those he had like years. a seven qualifying offer and That's they actually hilarious. managed to get him under the qualifying uh offer for on like a bridge deal um right i think because oh, yeah, they yeah. i think because everybody knew that uh like he wasn't he if they didn't uh, uh qualify him and and they just let him go to free agency like he wasn't getting that anyways, you know, like, and it might've for his camp, it like may have seriously risked. Oh yeah. 6.65. Um, 6.65. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just pulled up the cap friendly, but I'm glad someone else found it for me. Um, So yeah, like if they retain, uh, like if he goes from being a six, seven player to a four, seven player, that makes a huge difference. Mm, um, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, I should fucking I, learn this shit one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the big thing that that like has become super clear over the past few it's months is just that it. like, uh, uh, I mean, it hasn't come out yet uh, since we've uh, like since recording this episode. Um, but like the last episode, I talked with Noah Strang from Canucks Army about the cap mm. and how they should get rid of it, basically. Um, but like. The only values that are the only assets, sorry, that have value now are just cheap. Like, that's the only thing anyone cares about. Like, that's why Brandon Hagel go, it gets like two first round picks in a trade is because he makes no money. And like, right. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko. Because you're paying, you're paying for that cap run. As an example. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, does not get first, two first round picks. Or like, Bo Horvat has to be a cap neutral deal. Like, you have to take back a, a bad salary to get that deal done. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so like with, with, with Brock Besser, it's like, you know, is Brock Besser a worse player than Brandon Hagel? Maybe I will admit, because I don't really know anything about Brandon Hagel and Besser's really struggled defensively this year, but like yeah, the, his writing's not very clear either. I really struggle with that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, Point being that uh, that like uh, if they retain, maybe they can actually move him. But I still feel like he'll be worth more at next year's deadline. So I don't know. Um, this this may be something you guys talked about in the Noah Strang episode. Sure. Thank you for bringing that up to plug it. Yeah, no worries. I uh, I people talked about uh, last week comparing the NBA trade deadlines to the yeah NHL totally. Trade that was a huge part of what we talked about. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, like, this is also a product of me uh, right now being temporarily unemployed and playing some NHL uh, franchise mode for the first time. There's there's no wiggle room for NBA general managers or NHL general managers Mm -hmm. to do much. Like every every star has to align for a trade to happen. And there's every incentive to just walk away from any trade offer not give anything a chance and to not take risks and the downstream effect that's hap- that that's having for fan interest. I yeah. mean, uh, is, uh, to me, to me, I think takes away from the sport. Like you can't um, just trade a first round pick for a player. No, you yeah. have to be like, ah, uh, fuck. Uh, well, okay. 
Uh, we want to trade a first round pick for this player, but we can only make it work if we send you back this bad player. Uh, yep. And then the other team yep. was like, okay, well, I'm not taking back your bad player unless you yeah. like <laughs> yeah. give me something for for taking the bad player. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to drop it down to like, like, but I'm also not going to take the deal if you're only offering me a second round pick so that you could take mm-hmm. back the bad player. Like, and so it's just and like, okay, well, say, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They just put their hands up and, the, and they're like, fuck, whatever. I don't care anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's so frustrating. And I think it matters for fans that there's not enough transactions. Like that, that probably doesn't speak to the GMs at the big GM meetings or the owners meetings or anything. But I mean, hopefully little things like that, where they see that people are comparing the trade deadlines and I mean, broadcasters probably care about it as well. Uh, broadcasters have a lot of sway in this. Uh, I I wish that I mean there be there'd have to be a sea change for things like this to happen. But complete and I mean I'm going to listen to this Noah Strang interview because it'll probably answer some of my questions. Sure, yeah. But there's got to be a sea change with even like RFA rules because you can't really trade anybody until pretty late in their career. Yeah, um, totally. There's no player movement until they're like 26, 27 pretty much right at the end of their prime yeah. there's no point in signing those players because they're going to ask for 10 million dollars yeah um exactly it's it's so rigid it's it's really like a traffic jam well like the, the this, contracts landscape this like dovetails nicely into uh uh like another thing that i wouldn't mind just briefly like throwing out there uh Shoot. i think the canucks could get a first round pick for luke shen <sighs> They absolutely the, could 10 years ago. I I think they could get a first round pick for Luke Shen. And the reason why I think they can get a first round pick for Luke Shen is Luke Shen makes $950,000 and expires just, at the end of the year. Truly just because of his contract. That's Literally just because of his contract. That's the only reason. Sorry, what was this Brendan Hagel thing? I actually have no context. For so that. that was that was last year's deadline. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. the Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning traded two first round picks for 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 Brandon Hagel, who's making two point okay. five million. So that's what I mean, though. Brandon Brandon Hagel. Who, that is nuts that they like, had two first round picks to trade. I, I thought three. I mean, Tampa they Tampa literally just sets their first round picks on fire, anyways. But yeah. like, okay, here let's as look a up, team in that spot should. So Brandon Hagel, let's 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 just I'm just gonna quickly see what he's up to right now. Uh he's listed as an ice hockey forward. Okay, he's 24, so that's good. He's also very young, which is great. Um, okay. He is actually having a really good season. He has 46 points in 54 games, but when he was traded, he had, yeah, 37 points in 55 games, which is like good, but not amazing. And then he went to Tampa and he had seven points in 22 games for two first round Mm. picks for this guy. Mm. And it's literally just because of the deal. So like, I, yeah, I mean like Shen, I, I honestly think if they like start working the phones now and they talk to the right teams, like, you know, uh, the, uh, and they keep, and they keep them in the dressing room during the games. Exactly. Maybe. Like, also. like the Maple Leafs, you know, uh, Kyle Dubas only, uh, you know, he's at the end of his contract there and, uh, so everybody's heard, yeah. always complaining in Toronto that they don't have enough physicality. And it's a guy that they originally drafted who didn't work out for them, but gets to come home. And oh, I didn't know that. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, I think they could do it if they, if they really tried. Seems and like I, they're going to spend that kind of stuff on a forward though. Right. 
yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. But I, I'm just saying, like, just find someone who's stupid and desperate. 950K. Jim Benning needs it. to come manage another team. I know. It's so we can that make would be that the best trade. possible thing for the Vancouver Canucks. It's such a shame that he never got that job in Boston. <laughs> it really is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine the alternate universe where like where the Canucks win the cup, Boston uh, fires their GM because they lost. Yeah. They promote it's Jim Benning. Boston tries to be Boston and of course, you wouldn't to... appreciate it in this timeline because you wouldn't hate them that much. You'd be like, ah, well, they're the ones we trounced to win. It's like, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah, like, we, how we... mad are you about like 2011 Nashville? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You you'd be fun. like, you, you treat you for them like get there. old friends. They'd be yeah. better about it. Boston then tries to be the Canucks. They try to draft a pair of twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just well, they draft those two, three picks. In they just draft two guys who, who look really triplets. similar. They find they find three triplets. Well, no, what they're going to do is they're going to draft four brothers. I, I, <laughs> I, I get it. I do get like it. the movie. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Boston. Um, we're we're uh, we're coming up on on a good amount of time. Um, so I there, there's a couple other things I want to hit on. Um. Number one is Vias. I would like to just get, I know this is like a very old story now, but you were gone when they fired Bruce. And I need to know like what that was like, especially just like, it must've been very like surreal too, like being away from the show and being like in Europe, but just being like, damn, this is wild. Everything fucking happened while I was gone. I know. Everything interesting happened while I was gone. I just... Like there go there goes the greatest man in history. I like I love the story. I mean, I feel like everything interesting has been said, but I'll repeat a couple things. One is that I love the story arc that you see Bruce from the beginning totally taught like uh hand waves away the Bruce there it is chance. Doesn't want to hear any of it, not his thing, doesn't like it. And I kind of was like, ah, don't be such a don't be such an old man about that right yeah totally and then by the end of it he did this fucking wrestling arc where he just mm-hmm. he sees the writing on the wall takes it in stride in the best better than any but any one of us could uh but still like clearly shows some emotion through it that last moment where he sees the bruce there just chant mm-hmm. like broke my heart yeah, like really. they what i've <laughs> I, I really appreciated hearing that other GMs and other big hockey people were pissed the Canucks about that. How dare you treat somebody like that? And I mean, for me, it's like, this is like Scar replacing Mufasa with yeah. Rick Tockett showing up. Absolutely, like, yeah. There's oh, only yeah. one other person who would be willing to take on the job after that. It's this fucking conniving. Look, I, okay, I'm going to tell, tell everybody the reason I hate Rick Tockett. Yeah, okay. It's a very mature... Good, yeah reason based in based in objectivity Mm -hmm. it's that when i was 11 years old and i saw todd bertuzzi enact a complicated form of justice (laughs) (laughs) the coach of the opposing team tony granado had an associate coach or an assistant coach or an alternate coach i don't fucking care that coach who while tony granado was steel face the whole time not looking at mark crawford fighting back and mark crawford obviously the bigger villain in all of this 
Sure. But Rick Tockett was the one who was like trying to start fights with other players and and oh, uh, and, and the coaching staff. Yeah. And I was just like, that guy, that guy's a bad guy. He seems bad. He's 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 got that kind of evil style of bald. Yeah. You know I mean, like, am I yes. want to talk? Maybe they not. are very. But there is a type. The, the <laughs> two types of there is a type of bald. Yeah, that is evil. Very true. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 the Canucks are are like, and the other thing too is like every time the Canucks load, bald. load up on the evil type of bald, it doesn't go well for them. Like, talk it, uh, Messier, uh, Alvin is the evil type of bald too. I mean, like Sundin Alvin looks like the guy was from actually Hitman, pretty good. But but like, you know, yeah, he does. You're right. Well, who's that last person you said? Uh, Sundin. 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 He was fine. He was, he was fine. fine. Yeah. Like he was it fine. just, yeah. But he, yeah, you're right with the type of bald he is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah, it didn't really like it's it, it. It was fine, but it's not like it paid off, really. Yeah, I would say. You know, yeah. maybe I, that's I mean, why everyone hated the team in 2011. Yes, like his influence on Kessler and <laughs> oh. stuff. Oh, yeah. You know what it was? You know why all of Canadian media probably hated us. Where is all Canadian media from? It's right. It's true. Yeah. From Toronto. Yeah. You know who was really mad that Sunday signed with us? Toronto. Toronto. It's true. Yeah. Um, Perhaps returning to the evil bald guy thing too. Trade or signing of Sundin. If he didn't stir the hornet's nest, Canadian media. And you know who else is based in Canada in Toronto? The NHL fucking referees. Whatever. That's true. I don't know. I'm, 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 I just don't know. Correct me. That's where the <laughs> NHL referees head offices are on Young Street. I was just. I was Young also going to say. Sorry. It's also not a coincidence to me that Mike Yo is the only guy who survived the coaching staff chop. Another oh. evil bald guy, <laughs> um, who also coincidentally uh, kind of looks like the guy who uh, told. Pete Buttigieg, so that he worked for a company who got caught fixing red prices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, anyways, returning to returning to Bruce. Yeah, take it home. Oh no, I was just gonna say for for you returning to the to the Bruce thing from Tocket being being evil. Catharsis um, again, like finally, okay, like in in a shittier way. I'm yeah. glad you finally just did something. Let this man go off and enjoy his the rest of his contract being paid. Go go go! Travel around the world with his wife. They can fuck and they can watch Broadway plays together. Yes. I I sincerely hope his wife just keeps posting these wonderful photos, like out in New York with my hubby. Like I want to see that. I want to see them go to go to Paris, Marrakesh, Absolutely. Bali. Let's go. He's gonna Let's do go. some. Do uh, all the Aquilini dime. Especially. He's gonna do some commentating as well. Like he's. Uh, oh yeah. Apparently they're gonna have really? him on TV and stuff, which is great. They yeah. literally him yeah, and yeah. Rick Tuckett actually just swap jobs. <laughs> oh, so did he, did he actually rocks. go? <laughs> yeah, NHL TNT has to now give the Canucks a second round pick. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's a little, that's um, a coach acquisition joke. That's for you good. Guys. Yes. Um. Oh, I was one thing that does I that, wait one sec. Does that rule yeah. still exist? No, 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 no. Yeah. They got rid of it. Yeah. Um. Okay. That was I funny think... though. The Canucks got Jonah Gajevich, and by yeah. extension, probably Spencer Martin, because the Blue Jackets hired Tortorella. Um. Uh, oh yeah, just w- with regards to the to the Bruce thing too. Uh, I have only rooted for the Canucks in two games all year. Uh, the first was 
the the game Bruce got fired because I was just like it would fucking rock if they won this game. Yeah, uh, and never and, won again. And then the other one was uh, the game that they played against the Islanders after they uh, traded mm. Bo uh, Bo Horvat because I just want the Islanders to lose as much as possible as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. correct. Uh okay. That wait, quest, quick question yes. about that. How yes. much is the draft going to fall off next year? Like, is it anywhere near as strong next year? Okay, so outside of Connor Bedard, obviously. Well, yeah, but so but here's, I mean, this year, I've heard the top five are all like, extremely elite. This like, draft Bedard, is really but... deep for sure, but I have no reason to believe that next year's draft is any like worse than average for depth right you know what i mean so like a good example i think when it comes to like people talking about the depth of drafts is so the Connor mcdavid year was which was 2015 was supposed to be legendary for how deep it was and i think that has mostly borne out if you look at uh because like sebastian aho went in the early second round that year and stuff um so it was like a good, it was a good draft for sure. No question. Yeah, a deep draft. Eichel, Strom, <clears throat> Marner, Hannafin, Zaka. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some, these are some, all yeah. NHL players. Exactly. Yeah. The Canucks get better with their late first, right? Like they're all NHL players too. Every, point, right? I think Zach Seneshin on Boston, but like Boston obviously had that legendary three pick run where they were kind of. But like all of those mid, guys still but, ended up playing true you know like that's the crazy thing right 16 games but everybody else yeah that was yeah like i keep thinking comparing things to 2003 every time somebody says it's a super deep drop i always think so well by by the same token like the year before 2014 uh people were saying at the time like oh it's the it's the they'd be out of the top 10 in the Connor mcdavid year draft right and what i think that is largely is people have a tendency to highly value drafts with a lot of certainty at the top and undervalue drafts where there's less certainty at the top. So like, for example, if you have, uh, if you compare like, like let's compare 2014 and 15, like 2015, everybody knows McDavid's going number one. Everybody knows Eichel's going number two. Never, no doubt for, years in advance uh in 2014 people weren't even sure aaron ekblad was going to go first overall until he did yeah people were like sam reinhardt maybe uh reinhardt ends up going third like it's a weird Jesus. draft dries um, out right after reinhardt yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh but like reinhardt's a good player you know He's still a good player. Yeah. He's still uh, 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 a good like NHL. Uh, top yeah, his points are not anything to sniff at. Yeah, yeah, right. And same thing with um, with like so. But that's the thing is it's a weird draft because like there's some uncertainty at the top. Uh, the Canucks fumble their pick. The Hurricanes fumble their pick. But if you actually look at the group of guys uh, through the first round, um, like in 2014 and 2015, you come away with the same basically the same thing you would say uh, about both drafts after around like pick 10 or whatever, which is like, there's a whole lot of NHLers in both of those. Mm -hmm. drafts, Right. And so I'm not saying that's, what's going to happen with these two drafts, but I'm just saying it's, it's a, um, uh, it's illustrative 
that I think even if people are saying this draft is way better than next year's draft, it it's really all about the difference in pick. Right. Right. Like, They're putting too much yeah. emphasis on what the top three or four picks are going to be. Right. And, and kind of what you're saying. Exactly. So, so basically like, uh, with, with this, you know, if you're taking, uh, if you're, if you're trying to pick between like, do you want the 10th overall pick in this year's draft or the 10th overall pick in next year's draft? Yeah. Yes. You want the 10th overall pick in this year's draft for sure. It's going to, it should be better. That seems to be the consensus, but like, it's really like I said, like like it's all about the di- the difference in pick because like how quickly does that change? Do you want the tenth overall pick in this year's draft or the eighth overall pick in next year's draft? I'm starting to lean like that's, that's enough for me to start to lean to, towards take the eighth overall pick, like right b- because it's just sort of it's like yeah, uh, you know it it there there's different talent pools in each year. But like I'm I am rooting for the Islanders to lose as much as possible. And I'm rooting for that moonshot at a lottery pick next year because that will be, you know, the best asset. Of of course, of course, you're going to be careful how far they fall, because if they get a player that puts that like they get Bedard this year, for example. Yeah. Then. Yeah. we're, We're looking at Islanders next year with Connor Bedard. Yeah, for sure. I want them to lose the first round pick. Depending I mean, ideally, out, like I want them to matter as much potentially. Yeah, ideally, I want them to lose enough to be uh, picking tenth this yeah. year. Yeah, 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 and just enough to be like, now nah, we're gonna go with next year's pick. Yeah, enough that the player that they acquire with that pick is not necessarily NHL ready. Uh, yeah, not year. on the team. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. This okay. Is a sweet so spot there. this is a small. This is like a pretty boring thing to end on, but it is like the one major piece of news, which sure. is uh, Spencer Martin down to the AHL. Arthur Silov's up. Um, I don't really have like a uh, a strong opinion on this move, but I do just think it's interesting because like, uh, can we, are we at the point yet where we can say like the Spencer Martin experiment failed? Like, cause that so- seemed really Wait. stupid at the time. Now, I mean, now if you can provide context that he's like a high level AHL goalie that maybe you could play as your backup or is yeah, like what other worse experience. Experiment. What is the experiment you mean? Because I okay, like so so basically it's <laughs> not it's clear. A t- it's me. a um it's twofold. Maybe one of the things is a little bit unfair because it's not like uh the, obviously they couldn't see the Thatcher Demko injury coming. But like mm-hmm. to me, the 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 Spencer Martin Boston experiment was we have an elite starting goalie. All we need is a guy like a an AHL guy who we can shelter and give soft starts to and play on back-to-backs and Spencer Martin can be that guy and yeah. he can be like if we play him against shitty teams uh and only when we have to and he plays like 22 games in a season or like 25 or whatever um he can he can appear to be a league average backup even if like he isn't on balance his numbers and then be- you can trade him yes yeah. Yeah, uh, what a smart person would think about on yeah. the route to that. I just think like like they did not get enough shit for being like, oh yeah, he played good in four games. He's going to be our backup for the next two years. 
even though he didn't cost any money. I just, it's silly. They were trying to compete this year, and they went to, from, to, to me. My worry, sorry, yeah, they went from please. having the best goaltending in the league last year to the worst goaltending in the league this year, which is which at is, five on five, I which is very fun, hilarious, also <laughs> super prefer. predictable. Which I prefer because I think the of course. Uh, the alternate situation would the only alternate situation that this management team under this ownership group could have come up with is what happened before where they overspend on two goals. Yes. And yeah. so they do get an NHL goaltender who needlessly keeps them in games that they should not be winning. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Performance of this team. And so my God, like I I am drooling over our current goaltending situation. Fair. I hope Thatcher Demko like kind of fucks up his back a little bit in a temporary way. <laughs> I don't wish like long-term injury on anybody. I hope but, he but gets I, I hope I hope I get sad and has to take time off on personal leave and takes good care of himself and like goes to Tahiti. We apparently care about athletes physical but not mental health. Yes. <laughs> uh... I, I, I hope he pick he tries to pick up like all his cracker boxes. Like yes. his he he goes out to Costco on on this break by so many cracker boxes and then so many of them fall and so he has to spend the whole day picking them up and you know he miss he has to extend his his uh, IR time he, he just tweaks that. his back he brand he brand soaps himself he tweaks his back trying yeah. to pick up a Candace Owens book off the floor <laughs> yeah does she write books yeah. <laughs> I I somebody so. writes books for her I'm okay. sure yeah yeah, yeah. um. I but I to me like if we if we we're forecasting what this season looks like, uh, where offense kind of t- not tanks but just like isn't quite enough. JT Miller clearly does not have the same ninety nine. Okay, you know what? I don't know what point base he's on at, but I assume not ninety way less. Points, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that being the case, the best. Yeah, he's thing, not even second among forwards on the team in scoring. God bless. He's fourth. The best on the thing team we could have yeah. is basically no goaltending. Yeah. The no goaltending. Like the bottom falling out is the thing to me that has kept this team away from contention for a real pick sure. and for yeah. real systemic success that we've been looking for. Cause we had Ryan Miller. We had, uh, what's, what's, uh, sorry, what's the capitals former goalie? Uh, Holtby. Holak? Yeah. Braden Holtby. Oh, oh Holak. and Holak. Yeah. <laughs> and Holak. Oh yeah. We had, fuck. We had Holak too. Like we had too many good goalies. And oh, also absolutely right? evil bald. Oh yeah. Hugely. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of vibes. I like Holak, but. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's like sexy evil, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Uh, and um, yeah. So I got, fuck. I am glad the experiment is not working, but I'm glad they went for the experiment. Uh, we cannot be like, I, I don't know what models anybody or if anybody's thought this through or like this, these have been projected already, but plug in the Canucks having Holtby as the backup this year. We are mm-hmm. probably not in 29th place right now. Probably We're not probably in 20th. Yeah. Yeah. That Maybe not. I don't know if be, it's that much of a difference. This would be a yeah. lot more depressing in my, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. They I mean, have a... worst record since Christmas. How long yep. has Demko been out? Right. Uh, yeah, about that long. I think maybe even longer. Uh, I think oh, any yeah, any, t- longer, any team but... who who dive bombs from having their bona fide starter to an AHL goalie, that's what I, happens to most teams. I really do a lot think... of well, most teams without defense. Also, like oh, they have a oh, chance boy. to stay in the bottom four here to 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 finish where we started. Like yeah. if they trade Luke Shen, 
if they trade Ethan Bear, which they could do, maybe we'll see. Uh if they continue to slow roll the Demko return, and there's other guys they could trade too. Like, and and honestly, yes, like sir. if you don't think your pick is really gonna, or if you don't think your return, sorry, is really gonna be that different this year versus next year, you're already most of the way there. Why not get worse? Yeah. Why not take a loss? on trading Brock Besser or Connor Garland and just get worse and, and see how far down the standings you can sink. Because like I thought a month ago or less than a month ago, like a couple weeks ago that there was just no chance they could catch the sharks and like, you know, knock on wood. Like I'm not going to say anything, but like Mm -hmm. they could technically catch the sharks. Now when you look at, at, the remaining games and the points and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. And, and the next time we, uh, the next time we record, uh, we could have uh, a ton more trades and Hope so. uh, yeah. things to talk about. Cause, uh, cause I am going on my honeymoon. So we're going to take a hiatus for a couple weeks. And uh, I think we'll, I'll get back right around the deadline. So cool. that'll be sort of what we'll cool. have to talk about. So I'm really Sorry. excited. Um, thanks for coming back, Viras. We missed you. <laughs> You're welcome. We miss you guys too. I got. Uh, I do have. Yeah. Have an insight. Oh yeah. I'm gonna get it to you, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have two H2 Davos uh tukes. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! That's amazing. I just gotta gotta get. I'll come and... see you. <laughs> I'll come see you soon. I can pick it up myself. That's amazing though. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing to nothing to plug really. Um uh listen to my other show, History of Lesson Part Two. Available. <laughs> oh, right. I was everywhere. gonna yell at you about Glass Onion, but yeah. I'm still to listen to uh let's do that first. Let's do that in the episode. Yeah. All right. Let's go record the Patreon episode. Uh <laughs> Good night, thanks Thank for listening, everybody. <laughs>